all can have a seat. Um, Merry Christmas. Um, this, uh, this evening we're going to be doing a lot of songs, and I'm going to get up and talk every once in a while uh, to, to um, kind of share, uh, share some scriptures, and then the songs will be there to wake you up when I'm done. Um, but as we go, um, this whole month we've been talking about uh, No Ordinary Christmas has been the name of the series, and, and, and I wanted to share a minute before we dive into our next song, before we get, get um, back to worshiping, um, I wanted to share the reason why we're doing this. Um, every year growing up, Right. Every year growing up, my family would go to Christmas Eve service and after Christmas Eve service, we would come home and my mom would make this very like fancy, like finger food kind of meal. And we'd all in our nice clothes eat finger foods and then we would open presents so my parents wouldn't have to get up early the next morning. And it was this family tradition. And actually, my wife and I, every year we give out one gift on Christmas Eve, pajamas. which are a subtle hint to our children as to what the next thing in line to do is. (laughs) Go to bed. Um, And, and, and like, we have all of these traditions. And I'm guessing most of the folks in the room have things that they've done every year for as long as they can remember that this is just what we do at Christmas. Am I right? Yeah. Um, Those things are awesome because they're a part of what we are. Um, but it's dangerous when they become this thing that we do instead of something that we do for a reason. And so as we celebrate Christmas this evening, as we sing, as we worship, as we hear about, like, um, the birth of Jesus, as we do these things, we're going to be talking about, like, the why we do what we do. Because if we remember the meaning behind our traditions, if we remember the reason why we do this stuff, it's got real power, right? It's got real weight. It's not just because we've always done it this way, but... We've always done it this way because of how awesome God is. Let's continue to worship and remember how awesome God is and, and celebrate our time together um, in song. Oh, really? I'm jumping right in. Mm-hmm. They changed my order because they've always done it that way. <laughs> um, I would have talked shorter up front if I had known that. All right, so we're going to be in the book of Luke. This is Luke 2.8, and actually, I think I have talked about this Luke 2 every Christmas Eve I've been here because it's a tradition. Um, and what we're doing here is, all right, in the same region, this is right after Jesus is born, um, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over the flocks by night. Now, in our world, shepherds, um, aren't that uncommon, right? How, there are two or three big, she- big sandy shepherds. Uh, Claire is here and she raises sheep, right? She's a shepherdess. Like they are a thing that is not unusual to this town. In the ancient world, shepherds weren't unusual either, right? Because they didn't have refrigerators and sheep are small. So when you chopped it up, you could eat it quickly. Make sense? But shepherds were the bottom rung of the social scale in the ancient world. Nobody liked shepherds. And there's a lot of reasons. First off, sheep stink. Right? They do. They stink. And if you live in a field with sheep, guess what? You ain't going to smell that good either. Um, it was also commonly held amongst the ancient like world that shepherds were liars. And they were so ill-trusted, like nobody trusted shepherds. They were so not trusted that shepherds had no legal right to testify in court. So if a shepherd witnessed a murder, he couldn't go to court and say that he saw it because they wouldn't believe him. Like, 
shepherds are the bottom rung. Um, in fact, actually, there, there, was, there were rabbis who argued that shepherds couldn't go to heaven. Because shepherds, um, if you leave your sheep to go to temple on Saturday, what happens to your sheep? They get eaten or they wander off because sheep are dumb, right? And so, like shepherds, they didn't go to temple, and so the assumption was that they were all pagans. So it didn't matter what the shepherds believed, the religious people didn't like them. And so, like, as we start the story of the birth of Jesus, now, mind you, the birth of Jesus is like this event that has changed history. It has changed the course of history. It has changed the lives of billions upon billions upon billions of people. Um, it starts with witnesses who couldn't testify in court. And with people who were in the original readers would look at it, their response would be, oh, those people, right? Oh, those guys. Nobody thought good of these, these folks. But, like, they received an undeserved honor. What makes Christmas awesome, what makes Christmas so amazing, what makes Christmas, like, worth singing about and worth celebrating is God in heaven the creator of everything, perfect and holy and pure and good, stepped into our world, and the first people who got the announcement were the worst people in society. The people nobody liked, the people nobody wanted around, the people nobody trusted. And that is awesome, because like, if you're like me, I ain't perfect. Christmas is God's ultimate gift for those of us who ain't good enough. Um, it shows that God loves us no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, no matter how bad we messed up. God loves us and calls us back. And that is worth singing about. And so let's continue our time of worship with songs. To certain poor shepherds in fields where they lay, in fields where they lay, keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. No.
uh, our shepherds are out in their field at night. They're, they're sitting in the dark. And I, I, uh, I want to kind of paint the picture here. Um, if, you, if you were to hop on North Road, you guys know which road is North Road? goes right out the back edge of town over here and heads um, north <laughs> and west. If you, if you drive out on North Road for about 20 minutes, you're going to end up right in the middle of nowhere, right? And you turn off your car lights and you get out and you're going to notice something like first. Anybody know what that is? Stars and dark. Right? The only reason you can see those stars is because there ain't light anywhere to block them off. It is dark as can be. And in the ancient world, like, it was like that everywhere. They didn't have cities that threw off huge amounts of light that made it so you couldn't see the stars at night. And so our shepherds are probably sitting around a fire in the pitch black in the middle of the night, sky full of stars, quiet as can be except for the sounds outside, um, and they received an unexpected surprise. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. Now, I don't know about y'all. If I was sitting out in the dark and suddenly the whole sky lit up and there were angels. I mean, we like to think of angels as like these baby cherubs from medieval paintings. They were not. They were big and they were um, scary. Um, which is why every time an angel shows up in the scriptures, the first thing they say is, don't be afraid. You know, hold on. Don't run off. Don't panic. Um, our shepherds are in the dark out there, and, and angels suddenly appear. I mean, just bam, they're in the sky. And the glory of the Lord shines around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Now watch this. Um, there are two unexpected surprises here. Okay? Um, our first unexpected surprise is the light. Right? Suddenly there are angels filling the sky. Suddenly there are heavenly beings um, announcing big things. Um, but you take it a step past that. And the other thing that the angels like are doing at this point is they're making an announcement. Now, when a king was born in the ancient world... Foreign dignitaries would come and show up to visit and witness the birth of the king or witness the early, you know, the early days of the king, and that would be a great honor. You would have big announcements publicly. You know, the, the royal family would know first, like the important people would be told first. Who's told first? Shepherds. The bottom rung, the people nobody wants, are the first people that hear about the birth of Jesus. They're the first people that God announces the change in the entire history of mankind, like the change in all of the world. Um, and there's a reason for that. That's why it's, it's good news, like that's great, excuse me, of great joy, which will be for all people. Um, the reason it comes to shepherds and the reason that it's such good news is it means that you don't have to be perfect. It means that you don't have to be like spotless in your history. You don't have to be the perfect religious person to be acceptable to God. Like God realizes, these guys are announcing, God has realized that you can't climb up to him, right? It is too far to climb. It is too much work to do. You cannot get there. And so God is going to climb down to us. Um, God recognizes how far we have to go, and he loves us so much that he comes to us. And that's why he announces it to the lowest guys in society, because 
Because they're the guys who get the biggest break, right? They're the guys who get the biggest win out of it. Um, They're the guys who don't deserve it, can't earn it. And God announces like this great joy, um, this unexpected surprise. Um, The God who created everything is coming into the world to be with you. Um, It's something worth celebrating. And it's something... Like, we do all of these Christmas things every year, right? We give presents. You know, we, we sing songs. We eat cookies. We, uh, some of y'all are going to gather with family to have a big meal tomorrow. I'm guessing about half the people in the room are going to watch either The Christmas Story or It's a Wonderful Life, right? Um, <laughs> like, all of this stuff we do. But all of it, as wonderful as it is to spend time with family, it's gone in a moment. And the toys get broken. And the wrapping paper gets thrown away. The children cry because there isn't a present they wanted. I know I heard you. Like, all of this stuff is passing. But what the angels are announcing, it's a gift that not only keeps on giving all year round, but keeps on giving for the rest of eternity. Um, It's an unexpected surprise. Nobody saw it coming. The prophets talked about it. Nobody understood it. Because it was better than what everyone expected. People expected God to show up in this great fiery display to conquer their enemies and beat up all the bad people and, you know, drown the wicked and everything else. And instead, God announces this great, great, great gift for the people in this world who are worthless. And for everyone else, right? Man, that's fantastic. Let's continue. I mean, that's worth singing about, right? Let's continue to worship. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap this sleeping? Who angels greet?
I, uh, many times I've shared a story um, about, a, about a young lady I knew when, when I worked in, in residential who had lived just a very rough life. She'd been a drug addict and a prostitute and a bunch of other stuff. And she's 18 when I met her. And I was telling her about Jesus, and she stopped me and said, Oh, God didn't want anything to do with me, right? God didn't want anything to do with me. You don't know who I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how I am. Like, God, God doesn't want anything to do with a person like me and like I, I I share that story a lot because it's easy to fall into this mindset that um that that's how God is right God doesn't want anything to do with a person like me um the these shepherds these undeserving men um were given an unexpected surprise and that unexpected surprise pointed them toward an unusual sign, like toward something that nobody expected, right? Um, because people get all kinds of crazy images when they think of God. Like right now, during Christmas, we think about um, Santa Claus, right? And, and Santa Claus, what does he do? He pays attention and he knows if you've been good or bad. And what do you get if you're bad? Coal, Right? guy who works one day a year, sits around judging us. Um, but a lot of times God falls into this category where he watches us and all he's doing is, are you good or bad, right? And if you're good, he does good things for you. And if you're bad, he, you know, makes sure that your life is horrible. Um, this unusual sign that, that um, these shepherds were given for today, this is the angel still announcing to the shepherds. And again, picture this in your head, like dirty, like filthy men sitting in a field around sheep, angels in the sky announcing in booming voices, for today in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby in cloths, lying, wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Now, Watch this. This expectation of we have that like sometimes we have for God, like seldomly do you hear about God as being helpless, right? Seldomly do you hear about God as being meek, as God being like willing to humble himself and bring himself low on our behalf. But this is God who created the universe, who hung the stars in the sky that those shepherds sat underneath, right? Who created the angels that scared the tar out of everybody as they're making their announcements, who a few hours before it was born. Birth is gross, right? It's not like dignified. And we sing the song about like, you know, the tiny Lord Jesus, no cry does he make. He probably cried, right? Like the king of the universe wept because he didn't have words to say, hey, feed me or change me or hold me now or any of that stuff. Like 
The king who created everything stepped down into this lowly place. And ultimately, this is the beginning of a much lower spot. He lives this perfect life, is sinless, is obedient, preaches the word, teaches people, points folks to God, tells people like, hey, love your neighbors, love God, does all of this stuff, offends a lot of people, and is ultimately nailed to a cross after being beaten half to death. And like on that cross, he takes punishment for every rotten thing you and I have ever done, right? This unexpected sign is a lowly savior in a trough, wrapped up in swaddling clothes, right? Like, have y'all ever, have y'all ever seen like a swaddled baby? A swaddled baby is wrapped up in cloth so that it can't move anymore, right? <laughs> like, this is Jesus brought so low that he can barely move on his own and he's swaddled. For you, so that he could, so that he could draw us close to God again, so that we could live lives where we're not enemies to God, where we're not terrified of God, where we're not hiding in the dark, hoping God isn't looking close enough to see what we're doing, where we can always, always, always go back to Him and make it right. Um, it was as unexpected as it could be, because honestly, when I think of great changes in the world, I think of elections. I think of wars, right? I think of big inventions, maybe, natural disasters, um, you know, giant meteor 2016, that kind of thing. Like, we, we think about this big stuff, and, and this unexpected sign was a baby. Baby. And actually, a baby in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was such a small town. It, I mean, like, big Sandy-sized. Okay, like, so not only is the king of the world born in a backcountry area, but he's born in a tiny little town. Um, by the way, the place he was born and a handful of the other details that are being mentioned here were predicted by Isaiah 700 years before he was born. Um, God announced all this in advance. It wasn't spur of the moment. Um, it was all in the plan, but it was always God's plan to come low and to be humble and to Seek us out because he loves us. And to take our sin away, like, on the cross. Like, all of this was a plan. This unusual sign. If I ever encounter angels in the sky, it's the last thing I'm going to expect them to say, right? Um, actually, if you look at all the, all the great other religions in the world where angels showed up and announced things, they're almost always directing them to conquer or to start a brand new religion or whatever. These guys were told... Go find the baby. Wow. The baby born in a barn, laying in a trough. Because it will be Emmanuel, God who is with us. It's a fantastic thing. It's worth celebrating. It's worth worshiping. It's worth giving gifts to each other over. It's worth decorating our houses in commemoration of, isn't it? Like That's worth celebrating. God's love for us. God's gift to us. Let's continue to worship in song because it's something worth singing about. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy Save our sons and daughters. Did you know that 
This unusual sign, um, it ends, like the angels finish up what they're doing, and, and suddenly, this announcement is done, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among whom God, with whom God is, uh, excuse me, and on, put my glasses back on, that might be how... Um, and on earth, peace amongst men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from him uh, into heaven, the shepherds began to say to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Um, these, these, these shepherds, I mean, like the, the first thing, I mean, like the angels break out in song, they get to see probably one of the best concerts in all of history, Right. Um, I'm betting they didn't have lighters to hold up even, or cell phones now, I guess. Um, but they got to see one of the greatest concerts in history, heavenly hosts singing, praising God, like announcing this baby's birth. And as soon as they're gone, they're back in the dark, and these guys are sitting around, and they say, hey, maybe we ought to get moving and see this. And they hustle off to Bethlehem. By the way, there's a hint in this that's sometimes missed. You've got to know a little bit about ancient geography, which I barely know U.S. geography, so I'm not good at this. But um, in the ancient world, the sheep that were raised to be sacrificed in the temple as a sign of God's forgiveness to the people were raised in the area where these guys were raising their sheep. And so there is the outside chance that these guys were raising sheep to be sacrificed for forgiveness of sins. And these are the guys who get to go first to see the birth of the Son of God who would die for our sins. 
like the one who, who, um, the one who would fulfill all of the stuff that that was pointing toward, um, which is outstanding, isn't it? Um, who would have seen that coming? Well, obviously, it's all planned, I guess. Um, but as we as we dive on to the end, oh, yeah, you, I lost a verse in there, so I'm going to have to look it up. Sorry, guys. Um, is it? Oh. Nope. Uh, Luke 2. Should be 17 and 18. My fault, guys. Um, let us go over to, all right. Uh, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. She might have known. Um, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and had been told to them. Um, oh, it was on the bottom. Um, so these shepherds, and again, can they testify in court? Does anyone believe them? No. If, if you were going to make up a story, by the way, would you pick out these guys to be your witnesses? Probably not, right? Um, but God picked, picked the worst, honestly, to shame the best. He picked the worst because God does what he does on his own, and he doesn't need our help. Um, these guys go out, and they praise God, and they sing, and they glorify God, and they go around, and they tell people, this is what we saw. They're actually the first missionaries, right? The first people who went out and said, we saw this baby. The angels told us to be there, and he was. Um, it's an amazing gift, an amazing blessing these guys got, an amazing thing that was put in their lives. Um, they went and told the world. And watch this. This is why this is important. We say Merry Christmas. We say, you know, we talk about love and joy and peace and all these other things at Christmas. If this is something that, that first off, doesn't include Jesus, and secondly, if it's something that ends tomorrow afternoon when the tree gets ta- or the day after tomorrow, if you're like us, probably about three weeks from now, when the tree is taken down and the, you know, the, the decorations are put up and everything's put away and we'll get back to that in, you know, what, November, I guess, is when they start playing Christmas music again. Um, if it ends then... If it ends then, then what's the point? I think the shepherds were told, because if you're at the bottom rung and you got nothing to look forward to and suddenly you're given a huge amount of hope, you're going to tell everyone, right? you got nothing to lose. Um, what an amazing thing that God did for these men. What an amazing thing that God did for us. And so like, like these guys, we have to take this with us and we have to talk about it. And we have to point to it. And we have to say... This is what we're celebrating. We're celebrating that no matter how bad I am, God can reconcile me to him. And I don't have to earn it. It's a gift that God came and was one of us. So we don't have to look up at him. We can look to Jesus instead, who was on our level. I don't know. I once read that every world religion, except for Christianity, like every world religion, they talk about this God who's distant. 
And in Christianity, you see men who met God and said, hey, I knew that guy, and let me tell you about him. It's fantastic. It's worth telling folks about. It's worth singing about. It's worth actually singing one of my favorite songs of all time about. Let's continue in worship. kind of come up on the end of our service. We do the, this every year. This is a tradition, but it's a tradition that, that carries a lot of meaning, and here's why. Um, there's, a, there's a line in Matthew where uh, Matthew quotes Isaiah, and he says, um, he's talking about the birth of Jesus. He's talking about Jesus as like the beginning of his ministry and Jesus' work in this world, and he says, The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, uh, on them a light has dawned. Isaiah was talking about, like, Jesus coming, about Jesus teaching, about Jesus sharing, like, the light of the gospel, like God's light in the lives of people who who live their whole lives in the darkness. But I think it's fitting. Like, I always come back to this verse on Christmas Eve um, because it's fitting. Because what we're celebrating, what we're talking about this evening with the shepherds, is these men who literally sat in the dark, and a great light came on them. And the great light that came on them, they thought probably at the time that it was the angels. But in reality, it was Jesus who called himself the light of the world, who stepped into our world and, and brought about light. And every one of us, every one of us, if you've heard this story, if you've believed it, if you've decided, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus, hey, I'm taking this gift as my own, this is the life I want, um, I want to step out of the darkness, I want to live this, this way that God is calling me to, every one of us steps out of the darkness, out of the sh- shadow of death, as Isaiah put it, right? And we carry that light with us. We carry it with us everywhere we go. And there are folks around you you run into and you say, well, that guy's different. How is he different? Why is he like that? Because you'll encounter folks who love Jesus and it just shows off them. 
and you can't hide it even. And we always end Christmas Eve with lighting candles. And um, I swear, every year growing up, my mom would remind me of when I was five years old, and I almost set the hair of the lady in front of me on fire. And my brother teases me about it because it's every Christmas we would hear this story. Remember that time? And my brother could mouth it exactly the way my mom would say it. But it's important that our kids participate in this, right? Because we have to remember. We walk out of here. We go out into a dark world. And we take that light with us. We go out and we carry light with us. We show people Jesus in the way that we act, in the way that we talk, in the way that we love the folks around us, the way that we forgive in ways that are unreasonable, the way that we serve people who really can't give us anything back, um, the way that we become like Jesus. We teach our kids to be like this, and we teach the folks around us to be like this. Um, That's why we light candles at the end of this, because you guys, you're the light of the world, right? You're taking the light of the world that is Christ with you. And so did everybody get a candle, by the way? They were sitting out front. Did anybody not get a candle? James, can you... uh, (laughs) um, We're going to sing Silent Night. We're going to light candles. And as you light your candle, I want you to take a moment and I want you to reflect and think. Like... Raise your hand if you need a candle. (laughs) I want you to think, I want you to reflect, and I want you to ask yourself, am I taking this light with me? Is this something that I'm taking with me? Am Am I hearing this announcement? Am I getting great joy? Am I receiving the gift God offers on Christmas? Radiant beings from thy holy place. 
dawn of redeem. All together now. Jesus, Lord of thy birth. Jesus, Lord of thy birth. First verse over, please. I want to read for you. Um, John opens his gospel without talking about the birth of Jesus, the events. Instead, he says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Y'all should be jealous of me because I get to hear y'all singing and I get to see your faces lit up with candlelight. And it's one of the best parts of my job. Um, go out and share that light that is the life of men. Know that darkness can't overcome it no matter how bad it gets. Like you carry the light of Jesus in your life. Amen. Merry Christmas. <laughs>